All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling, what is it, season episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we're able to uh, work out the schedules so that yeah. we could uh, do this. It's It's been a while. you know. Uh, it's, it's been so, a long while. It's been a while. So. Do, you, do you remember the last episode we did, actually? No, I don't. I don't. I went back and uh, looked. Oh, was it week uh, five, six? Something You're like not that. too far off. It was, uh, it was actually week four. Was our Oof. last episode, and even Oof. then, before that, we we didn't do weeks two and three for some reason. So week one, <laughs> week one, we had Brian Kidd on. We we're like, man, what a season you've got! I mean, you're so lucky, Brian and Jared, to be in a league that has a podcast. And three Ugh. weeks later, we gave you another episode, and here we are. Uh, Boy, did we overpromise on, and underdeliver? Yes, we did. COVID, am I right? 2020, <laughs> am I right? I, I, yeah, sure. Let's blame it on that. That that was it. That's right. That's the thing. That's right. Uh, us <laughs> being home all the time was the reason that we couldn't record a podcast that, from our home. That's right. It's been so no. challenging. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to be here. I'm excited to be discussing uh, what I would call a very, in in you know the word of the year is unprecedented. It's the word of 2020. Uh, but this has been an unprecedented season because the standings as they are in the uh, playoff picture as it is right now is unprecedented. It's very exciting, and I'm looking forward to diving into that. But we got a little bit of recap to do. I don't want to spend too much time on it because most of uh, the league has been tracking historically week to week inside our chat, which has been active to the nines. It's been really, really, really fun. Kind of the highlight of my communal year this year has been the amount of chatting that has been going on there. Really enjoyed that especially because I'm in two other leagues uh, and uh, those other two leagues kind of provide a baseline for what, you know, chatter looks like. Mm -hmm. And one of them is what I would say normal chatter, but really kind of rests on one guy's shoulders. If this one guy isn't driving conversation, (laughs) there is no conversation. The other one uh, I had to make the group me uh, or, you know, well, I say group me. I didn't set up a group. You, You guys know me better than that. I had to right. make the chat group that uh, was tying all these managers together. And one person was like, wait, who's this? I'm like, you're in the league. Like, we... <laughs> And that has been, that was week one. Uh, there has been one message in that group since then. Mm. So all that mm. to say, my, my experience across the board is, is wide. And the, the array, the, the range of communication is very, very wide. It's made me appreciate the... I feel like our conversation doesn't ever really take a break. Uh, not in an annoying sense, but just in a, we're always together on this. We're all in this together. So. Yeah, and I'd say it's not even just the chatter, which we love, but also just the participation and mm-hmm. the activity. There continues to be no one good available on the waiver wire. No. Because, <laughs> it's so because, bad. Because our lead is very sharp and... Uh, I feel like everyone is paying attention mm-hmm. and snagging those those guys you want to have off the off the waivers. Like yeah. I'm I'm in another league and as is tradition in this league, most people stop paying attention after week seven or eight. And so there are guys on the waiver wire who are really good players. Like I just Stumbled across that Debo Samuel was on yeah, the waiver wire wow. this last week, and it's like, why was he available? Thanks, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I him, but come on, guys, why aren't we? Is, it, is it a money so, league? I mean, have they vested? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's my cash cow. Of uh, I always yeah. come on strong at the end of that lead because everyone else stops paying attention. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I'm uh, in I'm in first place in the non chatter league as well. Uh, I think I'm the only one who's. Uh, nine and two, and uh, I am, and I've made a couple of moves, but largely it was because they were, you know, this is their second year to try to auction draft, and I was like, oh, children, let me <laughs> let me help you. <laughs> but I think I think DF. I was thinking about this the other day. I I did not do a lot of daily fantasy last year. On, on occasion, mm-hmm. I would do a little. Uh, I think that. Th- 
doing daily fantasy and having Chris Windsor kind of captain that uh, uh, setup for us each week has benefited my waiver sharpness because mm. it requires weekly research on kind of sleeper picks that uh, cause me to be so much more up to date with injuries and start sits. And I, I think that that tuning and the weekly buy into that, because I like the, the, you know, basically penny bets that we're making that I think has improved. And I, I'm wondering my thesis, I guess that I'm, that I'm, uh, positing for your consideration is does daily fantasy actually or, or our league's involvement in fantasy uh, over at DraftKings make us a shrewder, you know, head to head, week to week, normal fantasy football player manager? I was really poorly spoken, but really, you, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Really, really poor <laughs> delivery, but I get what you're saying. Uh, Thanks. I think, I think the answer would be, um, it, it could. It depends. There are times where I get too focused on daily fantasy, and as a piece of news pops up, I only think about it from a daily fantasy lens. All right, you know, as I'm doing research uh-huh. for daily fantasy, I'm only thinking about how it impacts what I'm going to do with my daily fantasy lineup. And uh, there are times where I get too focused on that, and then I forget to think about, all right, what does this mean for season long? Um, if that makes sense. So I think as long as you are, um, you know, staying up to date with all the news and considering it for both purposes, uh, daily and season long, then yeah, absolutely. But there are definitely times where I get to focus on one over the other and I forget to consider the impact, um, on both. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Just crushed my theory. All right. Well, so <laughs> totally valid theory. I think it just uh, it might be different for you than it would be for sure uh, for someone else. And Makes sense. Yeah, I, I've, I, there are definitely times where I've slipped into thinking about daily fantasy way more than season long, and then yeah. you know I realize oh, why did I go grab that off of waivers? Yeah. So, yeah. Instead of just thinking about what I'm going to do three days from now when the lineup locks for DraftKings. You know? Yeah. So. so another another comment I had in addition to our waiver playing and how dry it's been. Not doing a podcast, I'm not. I'm not making an excuse for not being on the air for the past six or seven weeks. But it, it has allowed me to kind of see the the woods through the trees, if you will, like the zoomed out hmm. picture. Hmm. And I'm I'm thinking that, uh, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here. It sure does feel like trades were almost non-existent this year in our league, uh, or at least they were very sparse. Uh, I'm curious to know how many were made or how does that compare to what you would consider to be an average, uh, whether you give us the exact numbers or just tell us from your gut. But I would, again, deposit a, a thesis here. Does the lack of trading indicate something specific about our league? Uh, if it is indeed lower, um, less risk being taken uh, if because of the COVID era and players, you know, you once you got somebody who's playing and is solid, you don't want to let them go. Uh, you know, there's lots of implications of what fewer trades could could mean. But I'm curious to know what your take on that is. So I count 13 trades have been made this year, which might be higher than you would think. Um, and I guess maybe maybe there are a couple three ways uh, in there. So that would knock that down to like 11 because when it's, you got a three-way trade that requires processing sure. three um, three trades to make one. So um, I guess maybe more like 10 trades, which I don't know by number that may compare pretty similarly to previous years. I don't know if I can go back and look at the history to, to see a, a prior lead season. I But I think what, your sense is, and I think what is accurate is there were fewer big trades that were made. Mm-hmm. Like some of these trades that were made were like, that's basically trading bench players, mm-hmm. or that's, you know, there, there's very little impact there. Like Mike Desetti for Zach Moss, um, you know, Melvin Gordon for Cam Newton, you know, mm-hmm. that these really aren't big trades mm-hmm. that are going to have much of an impact on anything. So, um, I think that's, um, I, I think that's why where your sense would Maybe be so. of 
Nobody was wheeling and dealing trade. studs around. Yeah. Yeah. So like DK Metcalf has been traded a couple times. Um, that's a you know, that's a big deal. But then we've got like AJ Green for Giovanni Bernard, mm-hmm. Randall Cobb for Joshua Kelly. Like who cares? Yeah, these are weak. These. Yeah, these aren't gonna, uh, these aren't going to move the needle at all. So, um, but the the trades for you know uh, Keenan Allen and Tyree Hill is a big one. Um, I'd say Adam Thielen and Darren Waller. That's a big yeah. one. Uh, so th- there there have been some impactful trades, but there's just been a lot of ones that are like. Okay, you know, you do you guys. Uh, sure, it's not, <laughs> it's not a big deal at all. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they're, you know, what the reason for that is, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I, I think that's probably yeah fair to say the, there have been fewer blockbusters. The two, t- and maybe that's what I'm looking for, is because my my sense or really definition of big trades, blockbuster trades. Normally, what I would see, I think, is generalized into two categories. Those blockbuster trades are you're either trading power for depth or trading your depth for power. And that's, yep. you know, you're on one side of, of that. So we could see a one for two or a one for three. And you, you know, depending on your, you're getting the one and that's your, you had to sacrifice some depth to get to that one. Uh, or you're uh, gaining uh, a lot of depth that you don't have going, oh, I need to get rid of my top wide or top running back so that I can backfill that position, but also gain two more consistent. So I'm coming out ahead in points four across three positions, but I'm losing some points in my number one RB or wide or whatever. That That's the kind of trade that I, uh, I think gets me out of my seat and gets me excited because there's a lot of risk in that either way. And I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is it feels like there's been less risk taken in, in the trading block this season. And that's more of a yeah. hunch than a fact, but there you have it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, even the hunches are, are worth considering, even if uh, whether well, the rooted in fact or not. I think there, there's a reason that you, you're sure you got that hunch. So. Sure. Well, my instincts, well, as you can see from my record, my instincts are just as sharp as they've ever been. So really, <laughs> very true. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations to you on a, on a very fine season, especially if you're doing well in other leagues as well. You're just you're crushing it. Yeah. Uh, well, to be fair, one of those two leagues. Yes, I'm in first. The other one, I'm in dead last. I I, I mailed it in and quit trying week two. So, uh, and it uh, it's it's worth saying that I am the league leader in points against. So uh, the fact that I uh, yeah. am. Uh, and when I say that, I have the lowest points against. You guys have been very soft on me. Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but with that, let's talk, let's talk some records. Let's talk some, some matchups and some playoff implications, shall we? Let's do it. How do you want to handle standings? Do you want to just do a rundown? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we can. And maybe we talk about kind of the, the possible playoff scenarios yeah. we have here. Um, with the, the way the standings shape up, so uh, first and the most straightforward and at the, at the top of the leaderboard, you and Chewy both sit with a nine and three record. Um, and you know, by scheduling luck, you two play each other in the last week of the regular ah, season. That's crazy. So, ah. And did, did your popcorn ready for that one? Just duking it out for the division win and first round by of the playoffs. I I feel a little David and Goliathy in this moment though. I know that uh, my record, uh, you know, if you just were to look at my record, it would look like two behemoths going head to head. That's not the case. We all know that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he he's got you beat on the season and points by two hundred and eighty. There you go. You know, so he's outscoring you by what twenty three, twenty four points a week on average, which <laughs> so. is about what he's projected to outscore me with this week. Yeah, so that's uh, that's probably fair uh, that you feel very David and Goliathy, but uh, hey, you know, he's had some he's had some bad weeks. Yeah. Um, there, there's been a a couple weeks where you would have beat him. I'm sure. Yeah. Let me uh, only a couple. Um, one. Yeah. Two. Uh, two weeks. So hey. week nine and ten. Hey. Week nine oh, and hey, 10, you, you trends. That's <laughs> yeah. recent history. So yeah, uh, we'll, so, we'll see. I'm excited about it. it. I, it did I, happen. Chewy, I made the comparison uh, when somebody referred to your team as the uh, Tom Brady led Bill Belichick Patriots. 
like yeah and and i've always i've i've we've made that comparison about you before and in that same conversation said yeah and chewy is the tony dungy peyton manning uh Colts. and uh i think it's true i've always respected chewy's game from the get-go chewy has come in remember he, we were his first auction draft uh and yeah. he he you know kind of bumbled along and then the next season he crushed it and uh, he he's a fine fine fantasy football player and just consistent joyful fun and a, a great matchup. I'm proud that that I get to face him this week and try to take him down. But uh, I sure do wish I could get a freebie because I think my my luck has to run out eventually. <laughs> and I think the playoffs <laughs> is the thing that's going to break the back of it. So uh, I would love to uh, get a pass uh, if I were to win this week. That gives me it's like a two for a two for switch. Yeah, you know, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's a two yeah. game swing. Uh, yep. Because if I get lucky this week, then I've got a two-week pass. But if I don't, then uh, my momentum gets broken and I lose this week and have a chance to make the playoffs and then uh, lose spectacularly in the first round. So, uh, however, one could argue, Chewy, that if we were to look back at you know some CD tactics of playoff seeding and uh, which bracket it might be better for you. I might suggest submarining your team this week. (laughs) 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 You were to scuttle the match, uh, that might set you up more favorably. And I just want you to consider all options for your season. (laughs) That is a a tough sell, that (laughs) having the number one overall playoff seed is not the best possible thing for you. Uh, But good luck with that. (laughs) All right. Well, who's next? Uh, so then in the other division, we've got a three-way tie uh, with records of seven and five. Remarkable. Chris Windsor, Jared Lorenz, and Brock. And that tie, by the way, really only exists because the league leader, the division leader, excuse me, had his <laughs> record snatched from him when Derek reached out of the grave and grabbed him by his heels and, yeah. and pulled him down. With yeah. a monster score this last week to put him in his place and bring his win loss record into the seven and five tie range as opposed to a, a strong eight and four going into this next week. So well done, Derek, for relevance, man. I love it. Absolutely. It's it's fun when someone can play the spoiler. And you know, he's out pretty much out of the playoff picture, but he won twenty bucks by getting the top score of the yeah. week. So um there's always something to play for. Yeah. Exactly. Always something to play for it makes it a lot of fun. Um, so looking at those three, Jared, Chris, and Brock, they don't play, none of them play each other this week. So, um, you know, it's possible they could all win. It's possible that even though, um, so Chris and Jared are neck and neck in points, they're three points apart in uh, the season, which is remarkably close for, uh, across 12 games that they're only separated by three points, um, is pretty insane. Yeah. Brock, however, is about 235 points behind them. Um, so you know, Brock has no chance of a, winning a tiebreaker, but Brock could win his matchup and Chris and Jared could lose theirs. And then Brock ends up as a surprise number one yeah. um, in, in the division and, and snags a bye. So uh, lots, of, uh, lots of possibilities on the table in terms of how the final playoff picture is going to shake up and who's going to take the division there. Yeah, and um, I would imagine, I'm not, I don't see the the odds calculator in front of me, but I would imagine that the possibilities or the probabilities rather of those head to heads and possibilities are probably a little bit higher in percentile chances, as opposed to uh, the reality of uh, where I think you're sitting or even Charles is sitting that it's still throwing you a bone, but that bone would involve a a massive point diversity, right? Yeah. So like, um, Jared and Chris are in the playoffs for sure. Right. Now, 100% locked. And I would say Brock is in the playoffs for sure as well. The playoff odds calculator is saying that there's a chance Brock doesn't make the playoffs. But I don't think it's... Let's see, how would that happen? Uh, You have have to win. If both... Charles and I win. Mm-hmm. 
Charles would most likely have the points tiebreaker on Brock. And so that would knock Brock out of the playoffs. Okay. And bring That's Charles crazy. in. And, and that would bring Charles in. So, uh, so Is there any I way just, that you can beat Brock with a tiebreaker point for? How many points? What's the discrepancy there? Brock will most likely lose points tiebreaker to anybody who's in the playoff picture. Um, he trails yeah, Charles by 50, 53 points. Um, trails me by 115 or oh, 215. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually beating um, beating him in points for. He's the only <laughs> he's the only person in your division that I am. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. So next on the list, Charles and I both sit at six and six. Um, I play Brock this week. Charles plays Chris Windsor, and so the playoff scenarios for for us. So for for me. If Charles loses or I win, I'm in the playoffs. But if I lose and Charles wins, I'm out. Then for Charles, that's what, that's what he needs. He needs he needs to win and for me to um actually Basically, Charles just needs to win, mm-hmm. and then he should get in because whether right, have I points for. or Brock Brock loses, Charles should come out ahead of either of us in points for. No, that's not true. Well, if Charles wins and I lose, then he beats me on record. That's right. That's right. But if you both win if, and Brock, but loses. if Charles if Charles wins and Brock loses, he beats Brock on. Points score tiebreaker. So yeah, oh, that's Charles, right. Because Brock, yeah, you, you, it's, I'm it's thinking that you in. have you're not seven and five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, uh, so if Charles wins and I win, we're both seven and six. That would also mean Brock would be seven and six. Mm-hmm. Then Charles and I win on points over Brock, most likely, yep. uh, assuming that Charles doesn't. Um, Get outscored by Brock by fifty three points. Okay. If uh, so, that's that's if Charles and I win. If Charles wins and I lose, then he's seven and six. I'm six and seven, and I'm out. Yep. That's right. Yep. All right. So, so I think so. That's a, pretty much the situation. So yeah, these are, can, this is I, really the three. You know, there's always that bottom three rung of the playoff run, and this is it. And it's quite the love yep. triangle. So I, I can get in the playoffs with a loss so long as Charles loses. But Charles has to win to get in. Yes. All right. Lots of lots, lots so of you would, you would be you'd be a six and seven contender. Yep. Yep. Which is rare. It has happened yeah. before, but it's rare. Yeah. Charles won the lead last year. Uh, yeah, that's six, right. As a six and seven. That's last right. Time. And a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> so did he win the division at six and seven last year? No. Is that how bad the challengers division was? No. Surely not. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what happened. That he what won happened? the division at six and seven last that's year. That's painful. <laughs> Everyone in the incumbents division last year had a. A record above five hundred, seven yeah. six or better. I was an incumbent everyone, last year. This is my everyone, first. Yeah, this is my first year to miss the playoffs in a good while. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, and, and you missed the playoffs at seven and six, but Charles got in at six and seven. That makes me feel even better. <laughs> 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 what what a terrible year for the challengers Jeez. last year. Well, you know, it. We've had a good run here. Unfortunately, I'm. In the challenges right now, Chewie and I are the only ones with a winning record. Yep. And yep. Uh, we, uh, let's see here, the lowest record of five and seven in the incumbents being Derek is the highest record tied that's not Chewie and I, five and seven with both Bean Dip and Wave Rebel. And uh, we've got the two three and nine teams sitting at the bottom as well. Yeah. So and, and and you know Scott's had his run for the year. He started out four and zero. You know he had a really uh, hot streak 
at, at one point, Brian won four out of five games. He had a, a hot streak. Yeah, there, he did. Yeah, he's just formidable. You know, sur- surrounded by big losing streaks that overall sunk their season. And you know, I just uh, you know shout out to the five and seven teams. There is a possibility. So if both Charles and I lose, then we're both six and seven. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if Derek wins, for example, he would be six and seven as well. He would just have to outscore me by 140 points to get in, which has been done, which has been done. So not, I just not totally drawing dead. It's just very low probabilities uh, of it happening. Brian right. could do the same thing if he outscored me by 150 points. Um, Scott would have to outscore me by 206 points, and I don't think that's happening. So, oh. um, so I'd say Scott's most likely completely dead, but Derek and Brian will have very small, um, but uh, possibilities of s- sneaking into that back door of the playoffs. Yep. Um, so, still something to play for there. Uh, I just think it's not really going to be at the forefront of yeah. <laughs> of the picture. So, you know, the handy ESPN, uh, I think that, you know, their whole shtick of using what's the robot AI that they like to tout. Oh, yeah. Watson. Uh Yeah. So their playoff picture, they they believe what is most likely to happen here is that Chewie's going to beat me this week and going to go into the number one seed. And uh, Chris is going to take the number two seed. He, I say he, Watson, ESPN. It believes that uh, Brock and you are going to be behind Jared as playoff contenders in addition to me. And it's got me at the number three seed and you coming in at the last seed number six, which means that you and I would play each other week one if Mm. that were the case. And Jared and Brock would Mm. play each other week two. So that's the picture playoff coming from ESPN, which... You know, between the love triangle, it's saying that Charles is going to miss out as opposed to you. And I think that's that that is how the current standings are mm-hmm. um, without considering what's going to happen next week. Yeah, that, w- that would be the, the current picture since Charles and I are both six and six and I would have the tiebreaker over him. So I'd be the, the six seed. Yep. I don't what? know. I, I guess the only way I stay the six seed is if I lose and Charles loses. Because if, if I beat Brock, then I've got the same record as him, and I'll, I'll move up in the seeding. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting. Yep. It will be interesting, one way or the other. What do yeah. you believe is the just your personal most likely outcome? The most likely outcome, I would say, is Chewy beats you. And he gets the number one overall seed, and by and then based on record, you would have the number three seed, right? Um, then, which puts Chris at the number two. Then I think, yeah, I think most likely is that if, if he beats Jared, Chris beats Charles, and Charles beats Jared in record, and I would say Chris beats Jared in points. And so Chris would win the division and have the um, the other buy. Mm-hmm. Then you know Jared's kind of hurting right now with his team. Yep, because he just lost Will Fuller. Right. It's just huge. So I don't think it's after a, lock a monster that, game too. Like talk about a yeah, kick in the nuts. Yeah. So I don't think it's a lock that Jared beats Derek, especially with Derek having such a big week last no week. No joke. Got to consider. That is a distinct possibility. I mean, Jared's team doesn't look very good right now, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, got some very secondary plays uh, in his lineup um, <laughs> right now. So I think it's very possible that Derek beats Jared. Um, so that puts Jared at 7 6. I think it's most likely that I would beat Brock. Um, Based on our points scored for the season, uh, sure. it, it kind of depends on if kind of depends on if Brock's team gets healthy, because um, he he's had some injury issues that have been hurting him the past several weeks, and so he might be getting some guys back that could help him. But 
I think most likely would be that I beat Brock. Um, I don't know if I can say I would overtake Jared in points um, to get the number four seed, but I'm not sure it really matters because four and five play each other anyway. So then um, that most, so that would play out most likely that Jared and I are four and five seeds in some order. It doesn't matter. We would end up playing each other for strong playoffs anyway. And then uh, Brock would be the sixth seed because if uh, Chris Windsor is winning, then Brock uh, is ahead of Charles as the number six seed. So I, I'd say that's probably what I would consider to be the most likely picture at this point. Yep. How do you feel about that? I'd rather play you in the first round than Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. I, 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 Jared's health issues may be... Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I don't know, really, man. You've beat Jared. I'd really past. be... Let, You've beat Jared in the past three years. I don't know, man. I don't know if you want to (laughs) take that in. Uh, Jared can't win in the playoffs the last three years. so uh, (laughs) That's also true. No, but he's got Derrick Henry, who in the first round of the playoffs is playing Jacksonville. And so, you know, Derrick Henry could score 50 points um, in that that game. That's true. Well, let's talk head-to-head matchup, shall we? Let's get into the nitty-gritty of of the projected, given the, the amount of... Uh, what could be's in this week, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah, no, no, uh, no Thursday game this week. Nope. So we're just, and it's it's also very possible that no one has set their lineups yet for this week. That's awesome because uh, we're, Thursday we're morning, just Thursday morning right now, we're coming off of a, a game just being played yesterday, and you know the the rollover to week thirteen of the season having just happened overnight. So, um, yeah, very possible that yeah. no one uh, set their lineups. So. Uh, we should probably just focus on the games with uh, playoff implication. Sure. Um, in my opinion, um, you know, while we we very much love Brian and Jared Fleming and Scott and Michael and <laughs> w- want to tip our cap to their uh, their involvement, their uh, play this season, uh, probably not something we need to uh, really spend time dissecting uh, this morning. Sure. Absolutely. Well, with that in mind, the I have a hard time calling the game of the week. I, I know that on paper we've got the division head to head and it just, you know, the happenstance of Chewie and I playing each other, but it's definitely you and Chewie. Though. I don't think so. I, I again, I, I think that's more of a, a it's, it's, <laughs> it's a perfunctory game at this point. Chewie just has to, <laughs> has to do this one thing. Now, granted, uh, you say that you're, you're only a, an 11 point underdog right now, but it is. Yeah. You, I just you made a have, change. You two have the, basically top you got two of the top three projected scores for the week so yeah but i think that's uh, based on standing too i think they because chris has the number two and so they're they're being shady and they're <laughs> they're hedging their bets on the on the projections uh but the um the way that uh i'm viewing this game is like man i really really want to win uh but but I have to have a great game and he has to have a crappy game. It's not like, Oh, we both had two great games and I came out ahead. It's, it's the, again, that two for swing, which just has me in full underdog status and, uh, a lucky underdog to say the least, but I really, really, really would, would value that first round pie. This is this year. Like yeah, with, without that, definitely. I I'm, you know, again, I'd love to face you and beat you again. Um, but, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, let's let's do some analysis on our on our game though. Why don't you take it away? All right. So uh you you and Chewy. So current projected total is Chewy 154, U one forty-three. <laughs> and you look across the board and I don't know if there's really a slam dunk here. I think it's been a a, a strange year and a tough year where like even for your team, you've got Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas facing Atlanta, which is, you know, typically the juiciest of yeah. juicy spots. Yeah. But with Drew Brees at quarterback, I think those two have suffered, or at least Kamara yeah. has suffered for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's not catching passes uh, from Taysom Hill right now. No, so. and he's not getting runs. Taysom is running the ball in. Yeah, Taysom's running the ball in. They're basically splitting carries with Latavius Murray uh, uh-huh. running the ball. So uh, that's really hurting Kamara right now. So, yeah, typically they're like, oh man, you got your Saints playing Atlanta, you're going to just crush it here. It's like, Taysom Hill is just a wet blanket on the, 
on what uh, should be still position yeah. players. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's coming out of Michael Thomas's injury that he's still kind of recovering from, yeah. and they're just they're not relying on him on the the deep downfield weapon like they normally would, like I paid for, I should say. Uh, and the um, the comparison across the board is that Chewie's got DeAndre Hopkins and Austin Eckler, and Eckler has been a monster, uh, and in terms of touches and yards, and, and DeAndre has of course had. Uh, a very reliable season. CD lamb has uh, been back and forth in terms of his uh, points uh, week to week, but Dallas is playing Baltimore this week. So uh, my skill position head to head on the top side, uh, I'm certainly concerned. I think I have a little bit more consistency in points down the rest of the board, but I'm just concerned there. I need to have that. It, it, it comes down to that saints game. It does. Cause yeah. that's, that's where my studs are. Yep. Yeah, and, and Chewy's, Chewy's team is very formidable. Uh, do not look forward to having to face him in the playoffs if if uh, I ever get there. I don't think anyone would be looking forward to facing him, especially with Eckler back. And Eckler yeah. came back and um, caught a ton of passes and just looks like he's you know set up to do really well the rest of the year. So, yeah. um, But Chewy's also got Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. They're facing the Giants at home. And... You know, Lockett is not someone you can trust week to week, but when mm-hmm. he has a good week, he has a really good week. Sure. And, um, you know, so that, that may be something that shapes up to be a really good week. For yeah. Lockett. I'm curious. I'm counting on the giants defense being at home. They have been pretty, oh, it's, pretty... it's in Seattle though. Oh, you're right. Ah, snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's tough. And Chewie's at Tyreek Hill. Who's just coming off of scoring sixty points last week? Um, yeah, no big deal. Maybe you know, at home versus a Denver team that doesn't have a good quarterback on the roster, uh, they don't use Tyree Hill so much. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe, possibly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's been on fire uh, uh-huh. recently, so um, hard to see that hot streak coming into an end when they're throwing on the ball fifteen times a game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I think it's definitely uphill sledding for you here. Um, you know who hasn't yeah, disappointed on my team, though, that wasn't a part of the plan at all, but has been a great addition is my quarterback, Sean Watson. Yeah. As in spite of having a horrific team, a horrific offense, uh, he is uh, demonstrating how valuable he is to the NFL in doing what he's doing in spite of the yeah. team he's on. Yeah. He has been stellar. Um, it will be interesting to see what he does without Will Fuller um, now mm-hmm. and, and how beneficial Will Fuller's been to him. Yep. You know, to have a healthy Will Fuller all year, um, I think it's been a huge benefit. So it'll be interesting to see how that entire team, that offense can adapt. Um, so, but yeah, Watson's been awesome. Uh, your Naheem Hines. Yep. the last couple of weeks has also been huge yeah, uh, been helpful. Uh, for you. He scored 28 in week 10 and 17 in week 12. Yep. Uh, 22 in, back in week 8. So um, he's been uh, pretty uh, it's crazy. He's up to the number 13 running back I know. this season. Yeah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> uh, yep. right, running back scoring is so so odd where you, you, know, you can have guys who play really well for five weeks and they get hurt and Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, if you just stay healthy all year, you're going to end up a top 12 running back. That's right. That's that's the name of the game. Well, I'll summarize my matchup, I think, in this. And I have the pieces that have the potential to win. But uh, he has the pieces that are more likely to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think it is it is David and Goliath. Uh, but really, it comes down to what are your Saints going to do? Because they're going to be projected to score. 35 points between them yep. or, or so. Yep. Um, but, you know, have they done that since Jason nope. Hill took over? Michael Thomas over? hasn't gone off, and that that's the the thing I'm missing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Kamara scored a total of 16.7 points in the past two weeks combined. Um, His prior to... Week 11, the lowest points he scored in a week was 15.9. So basically in the last two weeks, he's combined to score his previous low. Um, and everything else was above 20. So I mean, just 
crushing his value to have Hill at quarterback. So. Need to Drew Brees back for the playoffs for sure. Yes, we do. And uh, you know, collapsed lung is uh, <laughs> nothing to. Well, I was going to say nothing to sneeze at, but that feels rather on the nose. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, amount of ribs he broke too is crazy. But uh, I am hoping. But enough about us. This will be a fun matchup. Call it the game of the week, 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 week. But we've got some other more important playoff implication ahead because Chewy and I are both a lock. Let's go to Derek and Jared, shall we? Let's do it. And right now, they're projected to play for a tie. <laughs> Basically, they're, yeah. they're both projected at 131 points. Now they are both missing a player um, from their lineup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do to uh, fill out their rosters. Now, Derek is missing a quarterback, and yeah, Jared is missing a kicker. kicker. So not so exactly. A... That, t- that tells you where the uh, where the odds are going to swing once their lineups are complete. But yeah. uh, like I said, Jared is hurting right now with no Will Fuller. Basically, his only good fair, wide receiver Derek, left. Derek does not have a backup quarterback. No, he does. He's got Ben. He's got Big Ben. So he's got yeah. a he's got a pretty solid there in uh, going up against Washington. So yeah, should be fine. Yep. Um, the only good wide receiver left on Jared's team is Juju Smith Schuster right now. Um, and even you know, I don't know if you can trust him every week, um, but mm-hmm. he does continue to have uh, some stud running backs with Miles Sanders and Derek Henry, Henry. and uh, I still like Josh Allen at quarterback. Agreed. It's not uh, not quite delivering the ceiling that he was early in the season. Um, no, his for, touchdown. For four yeah. weeks, he was averaging like thirty points a week, and uh, now he's more you know down the twenty uh, points a week range. No. He had several, several weeks where he's below twenty. So um, I think uh, Jared is going to need a big week from Josh Allen. And another big week from Derrick Henry to to carry his team here. Uh, he also has Miles Sanders going up against Green Bay, which can be a very good matchup for running backs. So um, he's got, got that going for him. But otherwise, it's uh, looking pretty sparse when you're playing, you know, Brandon Ayuk. Now that Debo Samuel's back, playing Sammy Watkins, um, playing Jamison Crowder, who's not been as involved recently, playing Mitchell Hardman, who is basically not involved at all. You know, those are some, you know, you're, you're seeing some holes in uh, Jared's lineup right now. Um, whereas Derek, Derek's looking pretty good. He's, he's made some trades this year that I think have worked out pretty well for him. He's got James Robinson in. Uh, he's got Brandon yeah. Cooks and Sterling Shepard. Those were all trade uh, acquisitions. Yeah. And so I think, I think those, those were good trades those for Derek. Top, top position ranks. Yeah, his team looks yeah. really good. His team's looking really good. So it's, it's too bad that he uh, kind of had a, a bad luck season. Uh, in terms of uh, points scored and the matchups he was facing, because um, he would uh, he'd be a pretty good looking playoff team right now. Agreed. Well, I lean to uh, to where momentum is here and think that Derek might continue to wreak havoc from the grave. He's got that toilet bowl so. on the on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it in his sights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think. Uh, this might be a, a licking his wounds week for Jared mm-hmm. until he, he comes back and, and snags a playoff win next week. Uh, but I think, uh, I think Derek, Derek will take this one. Yeah. All right. Well, that means we should probably hop over to you and Brock then, which is the, the next most closely predicted matchup currently with playoff implication. Yeah, I'm currently projected ahead of Brock by about nine points. Um, you know, he's got uh, so, but what he doesn't have in here is DeAndre Swift and Kenny Galladay. Um, I don't know if Galladay's going to play, but I think Swift will. Um, now they're playing Chicago, which isn't a great matchup. Because um, Chicago's a pretty good defense that limits scoring from the other teams, but. Um, I think plugging in DeAndre Swift over um, some of these other guys that Brock has in his lineup would, would definitely help him. So this one's probably closer than it looks right now. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not feeling like there's any major positive trends happening in my team. 
you know, I've got Duke Johnson in there, uh, who has been fine as a as a fill-in. But if David Johnson returns this week, then that really hurts his uh, his scoring, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's a possibility. And then uh, there's not really any there's not really anyone else who I feel like is trending in the right direction. I've got some guys who are just kind of steady. Um, but I don't think I've got anyone who's going to have a huge week here. So um, I don't feel super great about my team. Hopefully this, this week can build some momentum heading into the playoffs if, if I get there. But uh, right now it's like, man, I'm just hoping to hold on. And really more than anything, I'm hoping Charles loses. So I don't have to sweat this matchup too much because I, yeah. I can definitely see my, see myself losing this one. Maybe I, I like you say you don't have a ton of upside. You, I like uh, a couple of things. I like, uh, I really like Hilaire in, in Denver for one. Uh, that, that's going to be good. I'm sorry. They're at home, but they're playing Denver. Uh, so I'm excited about that for you. Uh, and I like Robert Woods matchup this week as well. Uh, he should have an easier go against Arizona. So uh, I'd say don't count yourself out. Yeah, it just it feels like you see you see good things happening for players around the league, and it's like why can't they be my guy? You know, like, yeah. Um, you know, Hilaire, I he was a good pickup, but you know he wasn't the top five like we hope he would be. Yeah. Well, and them signing Le'Veon Bell, yeah, you know, took took work away from him. Um, I mean, it wasn't like he was crushing it before, but uh, it definitely has hampered him since as well where you know he scored double digits every week through week seven and then they signed Le'Veon Bell and started playing him in week eight and then he dropped down to six points and then um you know he scored five points last week yeah and I just what I'm most, most disappointed in is that he hasn't been catching the ball a lot and I, I really thought that would be a part of sure, their game offense, is that yeah. he would be catching four or five six passes a game yeah. which that's what he was doing through the first six weeks of the season right it was great um, he was unlucky with touchdowns, Just but at least he was touching the ball. He's right. That's right. And, yeah. and now since then... He didn't have a touchdown until like, week nine. That's been yeah, his only since, touchdown. Since then, he's not um, not been catching the ball as much. And now he's just basically reliant on touchdowns yeah. to uh, to put up a good score. So Well, consider it amazing then that he's ranked in the top 15 with only one touchdown. Yeah, like I said... You, uh, well, he he does. Have, I think he has one receiving touchdown, but he's got some rushing touchdowns as okay, well. Okay, that's right. Um, yeah, but, that was week you know, like I said, uh, eleven. Stay, stay healthy all year; you're going to be a top twelve running back. Yep. So, even, uh, Brock's got Kareem Hunt, who has stayed healthy all year. He's the number eleven running back, uh, even though most of the year he's been splitting time with Nick Chubb, and Nick sure. Chubb gets the bulk of the carries. Yep. The last uh, thing I'll say about your team that has you in the upside that you should count more on is that your quarterback matchup against new England is solid. They're playing new England at home and new England's squishy defense has really, really struggled. And you, you have the potential to go gangbusters there because the chargers uh, have been putting up some pretty high touchdown uh, based scores. week to week. So uh, I'm hopeful for you there. Honestly, Justin Herbert has saved my season. Adding him off of waivers has been such such a huge plus for me. He's been so good, yeah. um, uh, really all season. But you know, I added him, and um, last week was his lowest scoring week since I added him. He had 16 points, but other than that, he's put up at least 22, and most weeks at least 25 every week that I've had him. So, I mean. I, I usually don't pay for a quarterback in the draft, but it really helps when you have one who's scoring 25 points a week. Um, that really mm-hmm. helps. Your, sure does. Your, your team. No joke. All right, man. Well, I'm going to call this one to you based on the matchups, but it will be, I think the game to watch. It's it, this one's really close. I think, I think I would call it for me as well. Um, but I mean, this might come down to like defense and kickers and Brock's in a pretty good spot with his defense and kickers. He's got Minnesota, Minnesota at home versus Jacksonville mm-hmm. and, uh, the Miami kicker at home versus the Bengals. So I think those are good spots. So, um, 
Hey, I've I've definitely lost to Brock because of defense interiors before. Yeah, which could happen again. All right. Well, that will take us over to the last playoff implication with the furthest disparity in the current projection and probably what will end up being the furthest disparity in the scoreboard. We'll see about that. That leads us to Chris and Charles. Give us a rundown, Pete. Yeah, I was I was just looking at that uh, as we we're about to start talking about them. It is a wide gap in the projection right now, but if we uh, click down in there, it will not be that wide of a gap at all because right now Charles has two players on by uh, in his lineup, so he's going to replace them. Mm-hmm. One of them he's going to replace with Adam Thielen, uh-huh. who is projected pretty, for seventeen pretty good points. Football, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He's <laughs> So Charles's full Viking stack will be back in play right. with uh, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson all facing Jacksonville at home, which mm-hmm. is super juicy. Um, and then Charles will put in a kicker who will you know be projected for like seven points. So that's a plus twenty four to his current projection. And then he also has Lamar Jackson benched right now, who I, I think could clear the COVID uh, yeah, protocol window and play. So that would be another 20, five points to his projection yeah, um, over Goff uh, being in there. So, you know, it, it looks like a, a wide gap right now, but Charles would probably be up about 30 points of his projection, which puts them basically at a neck and neck tie here. So that's fair. I think, you know, we, we may be too quick to say, oh, yeah, Chris has got this one in the bag. Um, well, you know, and Dobbins right is uh, currently out as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Hey, hey, buddy. Sorry, Trek. Come here. Hey, Trek. So you know, I feel for Chris because he has had this on again, off again relationship with Christian McCaffrey. That's been disappointing. He's got half. I mean, three quarter of his bench is on by, including Chris Godwin, which yeah. which is a big deal. Uh, and uh, Antonio Brown being the well, that's less significant, but uh, he's got the push option between Ryan Tannehill, who he has in there right now, or uh, uh, Fitz, which Fitz has been doing some pretty magical things, as he's named for in the past couple of weeks. So I stand corrected. This matchup is a lot juicier than I realize. Yeah, I think, I think. Charles is catching Chris at the right time here. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with his Viking stack facing Jacksonville at home, I think Charles has a very good chance uh, of taking this one. And if Lamar Jackson plays, he's playing the Cowboys at home. Yeah. How about that? And that's a, that's a really good matchup too. So I think, I think a lot of the arrows are going to be pointing in Charles's favor here. Yeah. You're not wrong. Well, I, and I was, so Forgive me for jumping the gun and looking at ESPN's projections. Uh, <laughs> I uh, Let's go back to playoff uh, predictions then, based on what we just discussed. If you win, like we both have the leaning for this week, and mm-hmm. if Charles wins, like we both have the leaning for this week, have we, we haven't talked through Brock's matchup yet. No, we have. That's with well, you. That's yeah, that. So that means that Brock loses. If I win, Brock loses. Yep. 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 Which would mean that the playoff picture that we are seeing. That would most likely be Charles is in as the sixth seed and Brock is out. Right. Brock has a very wide range of outcomes this week. Either he could be. He could be the five seed winner. <laughs> yeah, he could be the number one, the number five, not number one, number two. He could be the number two, the number five, yeah. the number six, or out. Yep. Interesting. Yep, that's right. Huh. Man. So, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> it's make or break for you, buddy. <laughs> and I, I think really Brock, Charles, and I are all in a position where we have to feel like it's uh, you have to win to get in. I mean, if I think for all three of us, if we say, if we win our game, we're in, um, 
so we, we control our, our destiny here um, with a win we're in. Um, yeah, so uh, with a loss, I can get in with some help. Uh, if Brock loses, he can get in with some help, but Charles has to win. Uh, but you, you, say, us, you say if we win, we're in, but let's see here. Yeah, because that would put you and Charles both in, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, we, we we all control our own destiny here, which, yeah. which is nice. It's good to go into it. Yeah, I'd much rather have saying, that. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's not saying like, oh, I need to win and this other guy needs yeah, to lose. Yeah, it's not fun watching somebody else's game to determine your outcome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm still gonna be doing that. I'm be watching Charles and of course, of course you are. I just said it's not as fun. <laughs> if, if Charles loses, then I don't have to worry about winning. But it, <laughs> my primary focus is I need to win to get in. Yeah. So yeah. Imagine that. Well, I mean, w- would you rather have it any other way? No. Winning matters. No. I, I really we, wouldn't. We've gone through 12 weeks of the season, and we come to this point where every playoff team is feeling like they need to win to uh, either secure a bye or get in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? So that's pretty cool. Uh, it, is, it is really cool that nobody's nobody has to mail it in this week. Uh, and uh, yep. that it comes down to it, and the application yep. runs wild. Whether it's yeah. for that buy or for the seed. Yep. So, I like what you said about getting that buy is like, uh, you know, two wins in one this week. Yeah. That's for, right. For the, the teams that are, you know, the five teams going for a buy. That's right. Uh, it's not like a, a twofer. So, looking at the, let's talk as we land this plane, looking at the bracket as we believe it could be. Last year, uh, was uh, the follow-up year to uh, and well, we had a kind of kind of a run of lopsided divisions. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. So with that means that there's sometimes a lopsided playoff bracket. And looking at with our projections in mind this year, do you think there is a more uh, advantageous? Uh, route or a more challenging route to the championship based on that this year have we recovered a little bit of that lopsidedness what's your what's your thought i mean i think i want to avoid chewy um <laughs> just because he's he's crushing everyone in points sure. in the season sure i want to avoid Derek. Uh, so what, whatever side <laughs> whatever side chewy's on i think you want to be on the other one on the other side of it um to have the best shot but I think it's still very, uh, very yeah. possible. Yeah, that. but that's that's normal. It's normal to have a number one who really yeah. has earned that number one. But in the years past, there was it would choose your own evil for week two because the numbers, the the basically the four and five seed and the three and the six seed, you had to look up the winners of those matchups week one to say which of those would I rather play. That was the that was the hurdle that you were really trying yeah. to navigate. And this week it you know, as predicted, it's it sounds like it's gonna be are are you gonna be playing Jared or Brock or you or me or uh, Charles? Like that is the the likely uh, predictor. And I'm going, okay, if I'm in if I'm in the, the top seed with Chewy and I, I uh well sorry, if I lose to Chewy this week then I get to either play you or Charles, I think. Maybe Brock, but uh, yeah, there's, you know, beyond, I mean, every seed is up in the air because if you beat Chewy, then he's the number three seed. And then, you know, basically whoever ends up as the number six seed is kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, so uh, since every every playoff seed is totally up in the air right now, mm-hmm. it's r- really tough to you call. Can't call week two or and, round and, two and there's of the certainly, playoffs. Sure. Yeah, there's certainly to be no gaming what seed you're in, and uh, that could be a victory in and of itself. Is is yeah, that right. the 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 discombobulation uh, of everything matters means that nobody has a walk in the park, and no manager has a clear advantage of seed manipulation this season like they have had in the past where they could really yoink with the uh, potential uh, ranking. So we'll call that a win. Uh, congratulations. It was, it, everybody. It was one time, really. It was one time. 
<laughs> yeah, but I think Chewie consider it the next year. So, because uh, it's viable. I mean, it really is. Yeah. If it were the cards land that way, but I I prefer this clawing and scratching in the final Definitely. week of the regular season. Uh, so much more exciting, so much more indicative of the quality league that Truth and Reconciliation gets to comment upon week after week, or uh, you know seven-week block after seven-week block, <laughs> however often we get this. But it doesn't matter because it's the greatest fantasy football league in the world, and this is its podcast. He's Peter Owen. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Or morning. <laughs> As it were. <laughs>